to the Fantasy's Finest Fantasy Football Podcast. Here are your hosts, William Spencer, Jalen McQueen, and Mark Carter. What's going on, Fantasy World? Welcome back to another episode of Fantasy Finest Podcast. Per usual, I'm your host, William Spencer. Uh, Mark Carter is here. Say what's up to people, Mark. What's good, what's good, peoples? What's going on, man? We here live, man. Let's go. Yeah, man. If you haven't noticed, we're a player short. Uh, Mr. McQueen, uh, he's up out celebrating with his family. Uh, no, he's not. He got that COVID, man. He got that COVID, no, dude. don't do the COVID jokes. <laughs> Let me don't stop. do the COVID Let stop. jokes. Let me stop. <laughs> no, he's, out, he's out celebrating with his family. Uh, his grandparents are celebrating their 50th anniversary. You know, if I had a clap track uh, drop, I'll be using it right now. You know, that's a clap, big, clap, clap it out, man. There that's you a go. big drop. Not a big drop. That's a big uh, deal. So, you know, he's taking the he's taking off an episode to go celebrate with his family. You know, that's great. Good for them. Fifty years, man. Happy, that's a, yeah, happy that's anniversary. A Fifty years, man, douche. I'm at twelve. Yeah, you ain't gonna see no so, fifty years. I'm like, I'm like a, <laughs> a toddler. Yeah, I won't yeah, see right. fifty unless my wife stabbed me first. And that's hey, you're right. You know, <laughs> she gotta take Dude. me out this thing because oh man, I'm not doing child support and none of that. <laughs> I, yeah, I hear you on that because facts. <laughs> that oh, cheaper. Man. When they say it's cheaper to keep her, they were right. Oh, you got that right, man. But thanks for listening to another episode of the Fancy Finest Podcast. Remember, you can follow us along social media. You can follow the podcast at Fantasy's Finest on Twitter and Instagram. You can also follow and like the Facebook page. You can also check out the website. We'll be putting up some, I'm going to be putting up some new articles uh, next week. So stay tuned to that. Um, between getting the show ready and just keeping up with the news, um, I haven't honestly been able to put up a lot more posts than I have, but I'm going to fix that. So be sure to stay tuned to the fantasyfinders.com for more articles as well. You can also check out the podcast on your favorite podcast player. We're available on Google, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Pocket Cast, and a few more. So if you haven't subscribed yet, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Make sure you review and rate the podcast as well. Because I like to see those, man. I be uh, refreshing Apple. Be hitting that John to see if any new comments and stuff come up. So, you know, show us some, show us some love. Give us some stars. And I'll leave a couple reviews when you can. And, of course, you can also follow the podcast hosts. I am, of course, William Spencer at I am Hyperion underscore FPH. Um, Jalen, you can find him at Ace underscore ECA11, and you can follow Mark on Twitter at uh, McNux, M C K N U X. I'm actually yes, thinking sir. about updating mine, man. I'm gonna change. I might change my name. And make yours simple, man. Because I, you know, I was so funny. I've been hearing other people like on different podcasts, and shout out to like uh, what's that around the Cowboys, man. And much love to those guys, and I'll, I'll listen to their shows well too. And they, yeah, man, they fumble, they fumble your name hard. I'm like, man, I was like, <laughs> it's like you know, Will, change your Twitter name, cause come on, dude. I change think the I am like, part be throwing people off. I, I think I might drop that. And, yeah, uh, just tweak it a little bit, cause everybody, everybody on Twitter either call me hype or Hyperion. So yeah, there you go. I, and I don't think they get it. So I might just drop. I'll, I'll, I'll figure it out by the next episode. I have a new uh, Twitter handle, but for now, just follow me at um, I am Hyperion underscore FPH, and uh, we'll go from there. By the next episode, if I have a new one, it will be on the beginning of the podcast. Mm-hmm. So, without further ado, you know how we do. We gotta get into some news. <laughs> News and notes from around the NFL. All right. So, I know Jalen was going to be happy about this one. Uh, Antonio <laughs> Brown got slapped with an eight-game suspension from the NFL. <laughs> you know, the, uh, was it episode two? He was up there talking about some. yeah, man. Antonio Brown just need to be suspended for life. I'm like. It's kind of harsh. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, yeah. I like I like A.B. The I do, wise, too. Talent-wise, he's one of the best wide receivers in the game. Facts, he's, yeah. He's just a screwball. So, like. Well, just like every other big-name wide receiver, yeah. You're going you're gonna to do some uh, trouble along the way. You know what I mean? But come yeah. on, man. 
But you know, he he was stupid, stupid. So <laughs> yeah, I get true. where Jalen was coming from. But it's just like, man, be easy on him a bit. But <laughs> um, as far as Antonio Brown is concerned, he still he could potentially face some more um, sus- or further along from his suspension. I mean, he could get a longer suspension based on how the rest of the issues that he's going through off the field could impact the NFL's decision. So it could be eight games. It could be longer. We'll Mm. just have to uh, wait and see. Hopefully the eight games will stand as such because now you're looking at Antonio Brown as he's going to be a late round draft pick. um, Yeah. Just based off the suspension, the talent, depending on where he lands and how long, where he lands and his suspension time will factor into his ADP. Nobody's right. going to pick him up early, you know, not not to hold him for eight weeks. Well, well here's a question. Where, where, do you, where do you stash him? Like, let's say, okay, we know his eight-game suspension uh, stands, right? At what week do you stash AB? <sighs> My strategy has always been, I always do it two weeks beforehand. Two weeks, I, I know you do. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And I try, to, I try to beat you to that punch, you know what I mean? Yeah, man. That's why you have to you have to when you look in the stash a player like that because you don't want to waste a, a draft pick, whether it's early or late to get, to hold on to him. You always have to pay attention to where you are on waivers or how much fab you got, and where you are in the season. Because some people lose track. You know they're so they're buried so deep in the waivers, you forget right. about them. I always do two weeks. Like I did it with Zeke. Uh, I think the year I won the championship. I scooped Ezekiel Elliott off of uh, off of waivers when he got that six game suspension. Right, right. And then I traded. I I did a trade and I did. I got uh, Ty Gurley and Alvin Kamara. That's so right. I had like a, I had the roster. <laughs> yeah, I was like, how could that happen, man? Come oh, on, I make deals. <laughs> but but it, again, it also goes to uh, the team that AB goes to, mm-hmm. man. And a lot, there's a lot of odds that are favorite. Again, I remember I said last episode, it looked like the Ravens might get him. And it also looks like the Packers also uh, looking to, you know, snag AB as well too, man. You know what I mean? There's a couple yeah. teams that are like, okay, we want to try, you know, dipping AB's water. No, pause on that one. But, you know, it's, it's – <laughs> it but, but, I mean, listen, if if he goes to whichever team, most likely either the Packers or the Ravens, dude, I mean, you're looking at uh, – that may be very good for, for those that if pick he, up AB, man, I, for both honestly, teams. Before we move on, honestly, the Packers would be the best spot. Like Facts. You got Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, and AB on the field. Mm-hmm. Nasty. That's insane. All right, let's keep going. Jordan Reed is back. He signed a one-year oh, deal with man. 49ers. Now, on the on the surface, this doesn't look like a big deal because Jordan Reed is, for lack of a better word, made of glass. But <laughs> him coming back to an offense that kind of predicates to throwing to the tight end, tight ends would work. Facts. Now, I'm, I'm not going to say he's going to eat into George Kittle's uh, no. workload. That'd be stupid. But no, the, the the best thing they can do is is uh, they could do like a double tight end set, man. You know, and and easily cuts. You could spread out the defense like that mm-hmm. perfectly, dude. Yeah, because oh they don't have no God. wide receivers. The only wide Facts. receiver they have is Brandon Ayuk, and mm, he's yeah. a rookie, so we don't know what's going to happen. Debo Samuel is going to be out for a few weeks mm-hmm. um, because of his foot injury. And they have literally nobody else. So it's not – I'm not – I'll put it like this. I'm not going to go after Jordan Reed. But if he shows something, you know, give me a couple of weeks, I might look at him. Yeah. But that's about it. Um, Christian McCaffrey told reporters that he drafted himself number one overall ahead of the 2020 season. Where's the oh, lie? Big facts, dude. He's, oh, come he's, on, cuz. He's got to be number one on everybody's draft board. Exactly. That's There's a sweepstakes, no man. Yeah. Remember, we, remember we used to always say, like, oh, we get uh, the uh, AP sweepstakes, Adrian Peterson sweepstakes, man. We're always going to try to every year, cuz, AP, AP, we're number one. Yeah. Dude, that, 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 those times has changed, man. This is Christian McCaffrey, dude, it has to be. Like I said, it was always Christian McCaffrey, and then depending on if Zeke got into trouble or whatever and all that, or how Zeke feels, man, it was, be, it was number one and two, dude. One and two between uh, Christian and Zeke. Dude, Christian McCaffrey is always number one. Look at his stats, man, from last uh, 2019, dude. Uh, 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 what, 1,300 yards rushing, 15 touchdowns, 1,000 yards receiving with four? Come on, cuz. What? That's, a, that's an all-purpose back if I ain't seen one in days, man. Mm-hmm. Christian McCaffrey, listen, 
I, so I'm hoping, man, we get the lottery because, especially in our draft, let me get number one. That's easy for me. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Like, give me, give me Christian at number one. That's, exactly. Oh, you just made me think of something. Uh, there was a guy on Twitter. I have to find a tweet, but he said uh, you should draft uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Number one overall. Get the heck out of here, man. <laughs> that's Get what everybody else said. On. That's what everybody serious, else said. What, what kind like of a, smoking joint? A, oh, come on. He's a uh, he's a professional fantasy football analyst. Oh, stop. So Moses, like, Moses like, yo, how are you telling people to do this <laughs> with a straight face? Dude, that's like, oh, that's like me saying, oh, draft Barry Sanders right now. Come on, cuz. You kidding me, dude? Clyde, Clyde's here, gonna man. be nice. But we'll, we'll he's gonna be nice. Of, We'll get into more of him uh, later on. Oof. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't tell people to do that. <laughs> Not number one overall. All right. But we run out of town. I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> run him out. All right, next up, as we've as it's been reported, the opt-out date, uh, the deadline, rather, is now closed. Um, the deadline was originally for August the 3rd, but it was pushed back to Thursday. So a grand total of 66 players have opted out. Um Based on I saw the CBS tracker for the opt-out players, it looks like it's mostly offensive and defensive linemen, mm-hmm. and um, got a few uh, DBs mixed in there. There haven't been really been any big names outside of Damian Williams and um, Devin Funches that have opted out. Right, but it it was presumed that it was going to be a lot more people to opt out. I'm kind of glad that it hasn't been. Um, yeah, and, and at the same time too, and I, I, I'll be honest with you, man, because it's I don't like that deadline, man. You know, and I know a lot of players are trying to, you know, I guess gather the situations, you know, look at the scenarios and things and all that, and it may take them a little, little, little longer, especially getting closer to, to the season starts. I feel like that, you know, really that opt out, man, deadline, it, it should have just at least pushed it to the start of the season or something, you know what I mean, or whatever. But again, you know, this is something that they can't play with, man, especially in the times that we're living in. You know, with this virus going around, you know, and people have to really understand where their families are coming from. They have to really kind of give them a, a lot more leeway than just that short of a deadline. Well, not a short of a deadline because they had so much time. But, I mean, really, it's a lot of people are thinking now since it's closed. I mean, it feels like, oh, man, a lot of these players, if they're willing to, to play, that's good. If not, if they were still in the fence, now they're locked in, man. It's like now they're well, trapped. They're, they're not, they're not uh, totally locked in. I think – one report that I read was that the opt-out deadline was for the the money that was going to be offered for whatever designation you were going to do for opting out. If there mm-hmm. are ex- extenuating cir- circumstances, uh, depending on the player, you know, something happens to his family, right. um, he they will allow you to opt out even during the season. But I don't think that you get the uh, the money that comes along with it after right. the deadline. Which is okay. kind of kind of corny too, because it's like, all right, you're the NFL, you have money, so if a player decides, you know, his his wife or his girlfriend or you know somebody in their family gets sick because of the virus, you know, and I'm not saying the the player brings it home or or something like that, but if a if a family member gets sick and you need to take care of them, you should still be able to opt out and get whatever compensation they were going to give you. The NFL got bread. So that's that. I thought that part was lame. Yeah. Now this was also lame. Um, Bill, when the Bills' uh, DB Tre'Davious White was making a decision on whether he was going to opt out or not, Bills fans jumped on him like, "Oh, you know, you're not a good player, and you should you should play this season." And all. first of all, if a player decides to opt out for whatever reason, that's his decision. As fans, we can't be upset about a player that decides to opt out, regardless of whether we know the situation or not. This COVID-19 stuff is not a joke. The fact that players are willing to play through it just shows how uh, either resilient they are or, you know, they know that there's money on the line, which I respect, too. It's they yeah. bread. So as fans, we can't just jump on players because, you know, they decide to opt out and we don't know why, or we feel like they're just quitting on the team. No, that's not the case. People got right. families just like we do. At regular, we regular people do. So to jump on a player like that, 
uh, just it doesn't it doesn't rub right with me. Exactly, I, I cannot stand the fans that that do this too, man. I mean, seriously, you're, you're not you're not in the line like these guys are doing. You know, what I mean, these listen, you're you're comfortable in your bubble yourself, man. These guys are pretty much again, like you said, these guys are putting their life out there like that. You know, amongst the uh, hazards that's happening. You know, yeah, they, these guys going to be concerned. You know, what I mean, every single one of these players definitely has to be uh, concerned. And you know, he recently lost a family member to COVID. I I give him so much respect on you know again just thinking about you know if you want to opt out but if he's going to play through it i can respect like that too that's his decision that's his old decision but i mean really these fans needed to relax and and just think about hey listen you know what are these guys are going through you know what i mean uh i'm not doing the same thing either man so i can listen they're they're not for just for your entertainment man i mean you got to care about these guys safety at the same time you know so Mm -hmm. come on fans got to do better man yeah, you got to do better. It's just stupid. Speaking of doing better, Darius Geis was arrested <laughs> on, on ch- <laughs> I can't even get this. Bro, it's like this. It's like this. You already know how the NFL is. All right, let's not even go that far. I'm a football player. Uh-huh. My, I am my business now. I cannot go around smacking up or strangling chicks regardless of what this situation or issue is. Yeah. Because it's going to cost me money. It's going to mm-hmm. cost me my job. All right, let me finish it. Darius Geis was arrested on charges of domestic <laughs> violence. He was released <laughs> from the Washington football team. You just blackballed yourself out of the NFL. Yeah. Can, nobody's, I won't say nobody's not going to touch him because he's still young. We don't know what team is going to actually attempt to do this. But right now, He's not getting I don't I'm gonna say he's not gonna get picked up. Wait, 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 wait. How many years off the subject well not off the subject, still same subject, but how many years uh was Ray Rice in the league before he smacked up a, a girl? <sighs> he, he had I, I can't say off the cuff, but it's gonna be more than it's gotta be more than five. More than he, five he, years? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean that's still that's still Yeah, but still where's kinda, Ray Rice now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> Yeah, isn't he some uh, I guess anger management? I don't know, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, let me. Dude. I'm gonna uh, let me let me see this real quick, and then we'll end our our news segment. So mm-hmm. I'm in a uh, a group on Facebook, a NFL football group, and somebody posted, uh, you know how they do like player comps? Like this player is kind of like this player. They had Darius Geis, uh, player comp was Ray Rice, and then the <laughs> caption on the picture was like. Well, he's got more comparable to Ray Rice than we thought. Like, oh, come <laughs> on, man. This is too soon, yo. Too soon. Like, the internet is ruthless, man. Oh, God. For real, man. So oh. well, <laughs> that'll end our news segment. Um, we're going to get into this episode. We're going to get into our divisional breakdowns. And we're going to start with the NFC, sorry, AFC West. Divisional Breakdown, the AFC West. All right, so we're going to start with the AFC West per, you, per the podcast title. You know, oh, boy. We're going to deviate from that. But we're going to start with, I figured we would start with the AFC West because, you know, you being new to the podcast and for slightly petty reasons, the I didn't want to start with the NFC East. Of course you did, man. Of course you did. You <laughs> so I wanted to, save that, <laughs> wanted to save that for last. Um, and then not having Jalen to talk about that either kind of solidified that for me. So we're going to start <laughs> with the AFC West. Um, and I figured, you know, since you know the division almost like the back of your hand, this would be a perfect start off um, for you. No, well, not for you. I mean, your squad is in here. The Broncos is in here. So of course, yeah. it would be nice to go in and talk about the division. So before we get to your Broncos, <laughs> let's start with the Kansas City Chiefs. Man, boo. Yeah. Come on. I mean, on. they they won the Super Bowl last year. Yeah. They finished 12-4. Yeah. and four. Mm-hmm. We all know what, what Patrick Mahomes is now. He is the man. Yeah, in, he is. Uh, he is. I'll give him that. In, in football, you know, so there's not really much to discuss as far as Patrick Mahomes. He 
He finished as the QB6 in fantasy last year. He threw just over 4,000 yards. 4,031, yep, exactly. Yep. He, uh, I believe he fell, uh, he ranked 10th in yards. Eighth in touchdowns with 26. Like, we already know what uh, Patrick Mahomes, how he gets down. Um, he had a little injury bump in the middle of the season. I think playing against the Broncos, right? He got hurt in the Broncos. Yeah, game. yeah, yep. So that kind of put a little dip into his production. He could have probably ended up a little bit higher. Yeah, true. Um, but he averaged uh, 20.5 fantasy points per game, which is fifth. He was tied with Russell Wilson. Basically, Patrick Mahomes is a dangerous dude. We all know that. Yeah, he's got yeah. Weapons all around the team as far as uh, in terms of speed. You know what? We'll get into the rest of them a little bit later. But we, you know, briefly talk about Patrick Mahomes. He's going to be the guy, one of the prime premier targets um, at QB. Um, his ADP is around the second round. Uh, really, a second round? Seven. Well, yeah. I mean, that's just a barometer. I've seen people okay. grab Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> Even earlier than that, like these yeah, nights, like- he may his grade may be there because you're not going to get Patrick Mahomes after the second round. But right, he's there. My question to you is: Are you because of how Patrick Mahomes is? Is he a guy that you would target in fantasy football? And the obvious question would be: the obvious answer would be, yeah, of course. But yeah. it all depends on what your strategy is too. Well, let's see. And, and uh, well, my strategy is different. I know uh, there's some people that uh, would target uh, Patrick Mahomes first. It depends on where you're at. It depends on where you're sitting. Let's say, uh, let's say you're early picking. You know, what I mean, let's say uh, overall picks up one through seven or eight. You know, you're looking at a few running backs coming off the board. You're looking at a couple wide receivers. Man, uh, maybe uh, you know, let's see, running backs, wide receivers. I was going to fit a tight end, but no, nah, I can't fit a tight end in the first round. That's, that's, that stinks, man. But quarterback, would probably, I'll say Patrick would probably come off, come off maybe it's eighth, ninth pick, you know what I mean? Overall uh, for fantasy players, man. So that's what I'm looking at right there, man. I mean, you're talking about a, a good mobile quarterback. I mean, he has an arm, uh, you know, so you, you, you have your, you have your running back. If people that want to try to get those, uh, stack those running backs, man. You have a running back right there in Patrick Mahomes, really. You know what I mean? So that's good and all. You know, he can go off. I think, uh, what was his rushing yards, if I can? Uh, he was 218. That's 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 not bad. That's not bad for a, a quarterback, you know what I mean, like him. 218, okay, all right. So he's not no Cam Newton, you know what I mean? Yeah, but take off all the time, but he can't hurt yeah. Yeah, he can't. I mean, that's what I'm saying. You, you know he's going to be mobile for you. You know what I mean? He's not going to sit in the back in the pocket like like a Tom Brady type of character. You know what I mean? So with that, uh, around eighth overall, maybe ninth, I would say. You know what I mean? That's when you will see Patrick uh, be taken for sure, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll be honest. As as much as I like uh, Pat, Patrick Mahomes for fantasy, he just – his ADP doesn't work with my strategy. Like there's mm-hmm. just too many running backs or wide receivers that – that I would pick ahead of ahead of him, just how, just based on how I build my team. If you right. have a strategy where you can go and grab um, a, a quarterback, quarterback early, you know I would I'm all for it. Me, just me personally, that's never been it's never worked out for me as far as building a fantasy team. It all I always end up either top heavy or it just it just doesn't work. It, it, I haven't figured out how to balance it out yet. So right, I right. kind of leave those alone. Um, but if I ever figure out how to do a strategy, that's why I, I do mocks um, in the offseason so I can figure out where I'm going wrong with my with my strategy as far as if I reach for a QB. But you can't mm-hmm. go wrong with reaching for uh, Patrick Mahomes early. So. Oh, but facts. When you look at the rest of the Chiefs team, we know that uh, Damian Williams was going to be the presumed starter, um, mm-hmm. even though the Chiefs drafted uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Um, in the first round, at the back of the first round. But he's opted out now. And the buzz has been that Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is going to be, you know, he could possibly be a league breaker. And I kind of believe that because of how um, running backs are used in their system. He may not right. be um, as dangerous as maybe Kareem Hunt was on the ground, but mm-hmm. in terms of being a passing back out of the backfield, he could be a problem. The thing about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is his ADP has shot up 
from nearly the third beginning of the third round. Right now he's in he's in the top he's in the first round. His ADP is a one 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 oh six. Okay, I believe so that. They, they they are saying he's like the sixth round sixth running back coming off the board in the first round. The sixth running back. I can't Man. reach for a rookie that high. Nah, not that. I can't. Nah. That's, if he falls me in the second round, then that's blessings, man. But I mean, for in the first round, yeah. I can't, dude. I, I there's still a couple guys I would take over him. Yeah. Um, like uh, Nick Chubb, I would take over him. I would just feel safer with guys that have already done it. Uh, Josh mm-hmm. Jacobs, um, maybe Kenyon Drake, maybe not Kenyon Drake, but it's just yeah. There's just too many guys who have already done it. Alvin Kamara, I would take over uh, Clowers. Uh, Clyde. What about uh? What about what about Joe Mixon? Would you take uh? Nah, Clyde over. I'm nah? not taking. Okay. Nah, not Mixon. Uh, Dalvin I, Cook. I, I, he's a good talent, but I think Clyde would get more work in the passing. Oh, yeah. Mixon. So I wouldn't. Mixon would probably be the only one. Now you could say the same thing about Chubb, but I think Chubb just would get more goal line work than Clyde. Right. That would be the difference maker because I don't see Clyde edwards helaire as a pounder. Not, yeah, not yeah once you, I'll, all situations, he's gonna run it in. The ball's like I'll, what, I'll put, five eight, five nine. Yeah, not yep. big. So I I don't see him playing that role. He might be able to squeak out, you know, in the flat and beat balls off the edge, but nah, not when you get in the goal line stances and you need somebody to pound the rock at. That's I don't think that's his game. Let me ask you this: What what about uh, let's say Miles Sanders, man? Oh, oh that's tough. Cause I like Miles Sanders this year. It, mm-hmm. I'll say I might give the edge to Miles Sanders. To Miles Sanders, okay. Yeah, it, I'm. I'm. I don't think I have to draft Miles Sanders that high either. So right. that also splits it for me. I don't have to take him that high. I don't have to reach for Miles Sanders because Miles Sanders is going probably in the back of the first round, early second. Mm-hmm. I'll take him there. But I'm not. If I'm, nah, I, I can't reach for. Clyde Edwards Lair that early. And if God, I'm wrong, I'm I'm cool with being wrong on that. Mm-hmm. But that's not me. Not me at all. I'll, I'll and, <laughs> now we already talked about we briefly hedged on the Legion of Zoom. You know, they got Tyreek Hill, they have Miko Hardman. I'm not gonna say Sammy Watkins, but No, nah, please there. don't. No. Um they signed back Demarcus Robinson for a mm-hmm. one year deal worth uh, just a little bit over two million. Okay. Uh, the only one that's really fantasy relevant out of the wide receiver group there is Tariq Hill. Of course. But I do like Nikhil Hardman this year. Um, oh, really? I think, yeah, I think that if they're really true to trying to incorporate him into the offense, you have two speedy guys, you know, around the same height that can do damage and just give defensive defenses fits um, on a weekly basis. Because when you got a guy who's as accurate and who's willing to throw a damn field or all over the place in Patrick Mahomes, you put another speedster on that side, it's it could be lights out. But as much as uh as much as Holmes get pressure like that, do you think he's gonna get a lot of attention? I mean you have uh, Kelsey, you have Hill, you have Watkins out there. Yeah, you, you really think he's gonna get, you know, that much love and respect, man, from from Holmes, you know what I mean? I you I would hope so. The the top two targets on the team have always been Tariq Hill and Travis Kelsey. Right. Now you have a, a young guy who's coming into his second year who could benefit from, you know, some, some attention because it seems like the obvious thing would be to try and take away one of those two guys. So if you do that on a weekly basis, where else are you throwing the ball? Yeah, yeah good you point. You know what I mean? So if I come into a game and I say, I'm going to take Travis away, is Tariq Hill going to then go off? And how often are you going to be throwing him the ball? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That if you if a team tries to take one of those away, the target's got to go somewhere else, at least briefly. And um, Miko Harmon has shown that he could be that guy. Um, I think in the first couple of games he had last year, he had uh, scored two touchdowns in the first four weeks of the season, and he almost okay. cracked, uh, he was over 50 yards. So I think the talent is there. He just needs the opportunity to get in there in the offense. And uh, be more of a right. part of it. And right, right. In terms of ADP, he's on the cheaper side, so 
I think I would definitely take a shot at uh, Nico Hartman later in the rounds. Um, just to see what he could do. And then you got one of the best passing yeah. offenses in the league. I don't see where – I mean, if it don't work out, back to waivers. But I don't see where <laughs> the loss right. would be. You know what I mean? Like, it's just – Yeah. It, it's – I like those win-win situations because it's either, you know, it works out. I don't have to spend a high draft pick to get him. And if it doesn't, mm-hmm. you know, I'll just scoop somebody else off the waiver wire who's blowing up. But I, I, I would yeah, definitely keep point. an eye on Miko Harmon this year. And, of course, you know, you move to the tight end position. You know the, who's the man there, Travis Kelsey. Mm-hmm. He was the tight yeah. end one last season. You know, is there – if you can't get Travis – this year, well, 2019. And um, his points per game dropped from 12 in 2018 to just 9.8. Now, I'm not saying he's he's starting to slide off. I think that defenses are starting to pay more attention to him because he's been killing people. Right. You know, you come into a season after Duke just goes off for 10 touchdowns at the, at the tight end position. I mean, when was the last time that was really seen outside of maybe Rob Gronkowski when he was healthy? So, right, right. It's like, all right, well, this dude is going to be hurting us. Let's pay more attention to him. And I think that's kind of what happened. Defenses started covering him a little bit better and hurt his production just a little bit. But he still ended up at the tight end one. Um, my question to you would be, do you think that he's still worth that early round pick? Even if, uh, I mean, if you had to reach for him? Because he's, he's at the 207 too. So basically, they're saying he's a second round pick. Um, would you go for him? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, oh man, probably not in the not in the first. Boy, probably not in the first three rounds, man. That's just me, you know. Because I, I, I'm a I'm a person that believes in you can find a, a real suitable tight end, you know, mid round or mid draft. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, if, if Travis is, if falls on you, let's say late third, early fourth, maybe. Yeah. I'll go and grab him. If he, if he's right there, you know, uh, but I, I'm not going to reach, uh, I'm not gonna reach at Travis, uh, you know, around not early on, you know what I mean? Fifth round. I'll tell you that right now. Fifth round is a guarantee. If tight ends, oh, yeah. if, if people are, are dumb enough not to take tight ends, man, you know what I mean? Uh, early on, if he if he falls in the fifth round, oh, cause that's when you go ahead and go for the tight ends, man, for sure, you know. Yeah. But early on, nah, I can't, I can't, man. I think Travis will probably be the only tight end that I would reach for. Um, yeah, I think that offense is. I mean, Kittle is nice. I it is it's splitting hairs for me. I just think that maybe right now Travis has been doing it longer, and mm-hmm. um, Patrick Mahomes is a way better passer than. Jimmy Garoppolo. So right. I think I lean on that. At any given moment, Travis Kelsey can go off. Um I trust I trust him a little bit more than I trust Kittle personally. Mm-hmm. So I if I had to reach for one, I would be fine um doing it. I probably just have to tweak my strategy a little bit cuz I know if he doesn't fall, he's not going to fall to the fifth round. If he does oh, fall, fast. if I see him falling like past the second and he's yeah. in third somewhere, or if I'm coming off a turn, yeah, I would do that. Yeah. Yeah, I would definitely do that. Like See, if I'm picking in the back of the, like the second round or something, that yeah. way, or, you know, snake draft, and somehow I end up there, or if I'm picking up um, late in the late in the second, so it'd be coming back to first, I would do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The best scenario is, so let's say if you're, if you're back in the third round and all that, you'd be like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to try to reach for him. I'm not going to pick him in the back of the third round, but I'm going to reach for him in the beginning of the fourth round, man. Then that's perfect. I'll be like, yeah. yeah. That, I think that I would probably try to, try to, you know, that would be Twitter with that strategy. Yeah, yeah facts. <laughs> yep. All right. So I think we covered everybody of prominence um, in the Chiefs offense. I don't see. Yeah, I think that's everybody. Nobody's touching, nobody's touching Sammy Watkins. So, you know, nah. what do you freaking do for him? I don't even know why. That's, that's Honestly, I, I don't know why they brought him back because if I have Miko Harmon, I'm just saying, if I have Miko Harmon, 
I don't really need Sammy Watkins. And I have Demarcus Robinson, who wasn't that bad. Mm-hmm. I don't see yeah. I don't see the move. I mean they, they made him restructure his contract so he doesn't cost um as much as they paid for him. But Right, which is perfect for what they did, yeah. But I mean also, come on. Also glad Dallas dodged that bullet because they were gonna give him sixteen million a year. Good God, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> gotta love jerry man no that's steven that's not no, really jerry. that's steven <laughs> he for every good thing he does he, he has to try and do something boneheaded but <laughs> we ain't talking about them let's go to your guys the denver oh, broncos the my yeah, little buddy. Yeah, get out of here cuz <laughs> get out of here with that man listen uh and, and again I, I want to give a shout out to to your boys uh uh at a What's called all around a Cowboys podcast or all about Cowboys podcast? I forgot what it was, man. Listen, man, I just listened to their AFC West breakdown, man. And and come on, cuz first of all, you know, <laughs> he told they, you they not they to listen me, to it. They they told me not to listen to it, but you know, maybe tell me not to listen to something. I'm gonna listen to it anyway, man. Come on, man. Here's the thing. I know they they this is what they said. Now I, I I respect those. I love those guys too, man. I love the I love the way they break down things, man. But you know, when they say that they're they're Broncos are a young team, yeah, they're a definitely a young team. They're a mm-hmm. definitely young team, man, for sure. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, they finished the season seven and nine. You know what I mean? But the thing is with that is that the last five games was four and one under the helm of Drew Locke, man. You know what I mean? Locke is going to be that dude, man. I think Locke went for, uh, I think, for a thousand yards uh, in five games, thousand mm-hmm. yards, five games, seven touchdowns. You know what I mean? That dude, he's he is going to be the dude. He's going to be the dude. I think that, oh, boy. Uh, in a ranking of quarterbacks, I don't know where you put him at as far as who you pick, uh, like where you pick up Lock at. You know what I mean? Lock's After going all the good, undrafted. he's going undrafted. He's going. Undrafted. He's going undrafted. He's going those, really? He's going to be one of those guys. He's. I already have him on my sleepers list for the. Oh, really? Okay. Yep. All right. He's going to. He's right. going to. He's going to. But past the, I've seen him go undrafted in a few mocks. Yeah, man, really. All right, well, you know what though? I, I think uh, Drew Locke is going to be that one of those guys. There is, uh, you know, hey, he's going to start off fire, man, and then everybody's going to try to pick him off the waivers, try mm-hmm. to drop down, you know, drop off some some whack behind pick that they got, and, and, and keep Locke <laughs> as a as a third quarterback. And that's what's going to happen. And I really think that you know you have to definitely stash Locke, uh, at, you know, and probably in in the final, you know, maybe final two rounds, probably, you know. Mm-hmm. As far as like a backup quarterback, yeah, absolutely. He ain't gonna be undrafted. I would think listen, he's gonna he's gonna fire up, man, for sure. Um, and the weapons that he got, dude, come on, man. Besides Philip Lindsay, who who already had a back to back thousand yard season last season, uh, well, two years, two seasons ago, what was it? Uh, a thousand uh, thirty nine yards, I believe. Don't uh, quote me on that. Uh, with nine touchdowns this this past season, a thousand eleven yards, seven touchdowns. Yeah, but now with with Melvin Gordon, you know, with the addition of Melvin Gordon. You know, of course, I, do I think uh, Philip Lindsay's going to uh, his number's going to decline? Maybe, you know what I mean? Because again, yeah. uh, think, Melvin's going to Melvin's going to. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, finish your thought because I, I I wanted to comment on that Melvin. That yeah, Melvin. yeah, I, Mel, Melvin Melvin needs the ball. Melvin needs the rock, man, and, and, and that run back by committee. We talked about that uh, this past episode as well too. That run back by committee works, and it's definitely going to work, man. And given uh, a, a lot of rest and a lot of energy for Lindsay and Melvin at the same time, dude. Yeah, of course they're going to they're going to share. Uh, yardage man so uh you know i will say goodbye to to Lindsay's thousand yards this season man you know what i mean maybe yeah. around 800 maybe 700 seven to 800 I don't you know, know yards uh total i think maybe that, I th- this is what i think i think yeah, that the denver broncos went out and paid melvin gordon to be the guy I, i'm not gonna say that they're not confident in Lindsay, but they want a more established guy um and and that's what you get in melvin gordon uh, he didn't mm-hmm. do too well last year because he, you know, he decided to hold out and he came back in like uh, after the first three or four games and he wasn't that good. Um, he only averaged 3.8 yards per carry. Um, I think the Chargers had some O-line issues that they were trying to get through too. And then he yeah. split and work with um, Austin Eckler who was blowing up while he was out. Right. And I think that the money that they paid Melvin Gordon to me, it doesn't say that they're going to do a committee. It says that they're going to give Melvin Gordon the ball. They're not, mm-hmm. they're going to let him run with this new offense that they just got in the offseason. Um, and I think Lindsey kind of takes a backseat to mm. Melvin Gordon yeah. this year. It's more of a, you know, in case something happens to Gordon, we have Philip Lindsey, who we already know right. 
who's a thousand yard running back and who can catch out of the backfield and he can run between our tackles and he can do these things. But we think Melvin Gordon is better than Philip Lindsay. Right. So we're going to rock with him. And in case of emergency, we'll break the glass on Philip Lindsay. That's what it just looks like to me. Um, and if it does play out that way, it works well for Melvin Gordon. Um, I'd be comfortable if there was some way to find out, like during training camp, how that's how that's uh, breaking down, or if there's some word out of camp saying like, "Yo, Gordon is confirmed to be the number one guy. Lindsey's going to back him mm-hmm. up." Most definitely, that would that would be a nice boost to Melvin Gordon's uh, draft value. I wouldn't mind taking him where he's. I think he's in the uh, sixth or seventh round. Somewhere around right. here, I would be more comfortable taking him, knowing that he's going to be more of a part of the office instead of just play. I, I don't like running back by committees. Like that's just me. I, I think I do. if you have a guy who can run the rock, yeah, you're going to have another a couple running backs to come in and give him a breather. But we know right. that this is the guy, and I think Melvin Gordon, based on what they paid him, he's going to be the guy for Denver. All right, so let me ask you this then. So you say Melvin Gordon, this a six, seven round, right? Mm-hmm. Then where do you where do you handcuff Lindsay at as insurance? Um, I'm not looking to handcuff uh, until maybe the eleventh round. The eleventh round. If you're gonna try and pull Lindsay away from me, I'm fine with that because then yeah. all I'm gonna do is I'm gonna pivot to another running back who's gonna have a bigger workload than Lindsay. So if, right. if, so if, see, any, yeah. if Melvin do, Melvin does go down, I got a backup that I can use to fill his spot. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. You know, not really. But like I said, we don't we don't we don't see the roles and what they're going to play. I mean, yeah. most likely it's going to it's going to uh, be in favor of Melvin for sure. You know, but how much in favor we don't know that yet. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so you know, out that that handcuff option. You talking about eleventh round? I mean, for me, it'd probably be a little bit earlier, probably ninth, tenth, maybe. Maybe you yeah. gotta pay attention to what's going on in the draft and right. see where who's left and who's doing what and who needs what. Yeah. And uh, and just getting off the running back situation real quick, man. They talk about the wide receivers as well, too, for Denver, man. I mean, like I said, they're young, young group of uh, of guys, man. Um, You know, my eyes definitely on on Cortland Sutton, man, who uh, two seasons ago was 700 uh, receiving yards. This season, uh, 1,100 with six touchdowns, dude. You know, he's definitely going to be number one. You got Jerry Judy as well, too. Now, it's interesting. Jerry Judy is, in my opinion, the number one wide receiver coming out of draft. Okay. In my opinion, right? Hard to so, with that. so with that fact, where would you pick up Jerry Judy? Um, I would probably have to shoot for Judy um, before the double digits. I think that he's not going to make it that far. Um, if mm-hmm. he falls somewhere... If he gets close to like the eighth round, um, that's when I'm gonna pull the trigger. It also depends on who else is left on the board. Um, I right. don't have an ADP list in front of me, but if there's nobody in those later rounds, like let's say seven through nine, there's not really a bunch of guys that's like, oh, I gotta have this guy or I gotta have right. this guy. I'm definitely pulling the trigger on Judy. Um, with him, with Corton Sutton taking the attention off of uh, Judy, as far as you know, coverages and defenses go. Judy is one of the, the primer rookie wide receivers I think is going to have a good year this year. Well, absolutely. Absolutely, man. It all depends you know. on what Drew Locke is going to do. I think he's got the stuff. I really think he's got the stuff to really, like, have a good season. Um, yeah. Finally being the starter of the team. And then it would make Elway look good because he's been missing on quarterbacks. Like, yeah, you got that right, man. It, it's, it's just a per, it's just a perfect pieces, man, to fit the puzzle, man, and and, and along with the the two tight ends that we got with Noah Fant, uh, Fant and uh, Nick Vanette, man, uh, dude, again, it's the same situation for for like San Fran, where we can play a, a two tight end set, man, easily. I mean, you're going to spread the ball out and, and give us as much options for for uh, for Lock, man. I mean, trust me, now man. You, it's you brought up Vanette, but everybody's clamoring about Noah Fant, and yeah. I kind of get why he's. He's shown some glimpses of being able to have bigger games as a pass catching tight end. Mm-hmm. I I don't think the, the Broncos bringing in Vanette kind of hurts that that look. Noah is it, more yeah. of a dynamic tight end as opposed to Nick Vanette. I'm not concerned. Right, facts, facts. Yeah, Noah's a, Noah. Don't get me wrong. Noah's definitely going to be a target man, but but Nick, 
I mean, Nick's there. Come on, Nick is going to be uh, uh, definitely like to me a decoy. I mean, trust me, he's probably going to get some uh, get some touches too, man. But that's not going to take the, the shine off of Noah for sure. You know what I mean? And so, as far as like the rankings of tight end goes, man, Noah probably boy. You know, I I would not even say. Actually, I would say top ten. I would say top ten, man. Mm. I would say top ten, mm. top fifteen. I, don't we know, bro. <laughs> I mean, he could end up that way. He very yeah. well could. But right now, in terms of ADP, he's uh, in the eleventh round. Eleven oh four ADP what? right now. So he's not going to have to spend uh, a premier pick to go get him, which is good. Yeah, I would if I have to target Noah Fant. Um, I'm definitely pulling the trigger earlier to grab right. a solid tight end, and then I'll go mm-hmm. around and get him at the end. Right, right. I mean, I, like I said, you, you, you're not going to pick him up. Of course, above Kelsey, above Kittle, maybe yeah, Andrews, yeah. Uh, Ertz, you know, uh, Waller, Ingram, Higby, Henry Cook. You're not going to do all that, especially with Gronkowski back, man. You're not going to pick up uh, with Gronkowski back. And uh, uh, probably after that, yeah, I'll probably pick up Noah. They sleeping you know? on Gronk this year, man. Yeah, no, I am sleeping on Gronk, man. But uh, come on, cuz. You know, if you, you, you sleep, retire, you retire, right retire, retire. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> I'm telling you now. Uh, uh, listen, do... man. I can't, dude. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, that's gonna be a mistake. Uh, but let's nah, keep moving. We still yeah. got two more teams left in the division. Uh, next up is the Las Vegas Raiders. They mm. finished at seven and nine too. Mm-hmm. Um, Derek Carr basically telling people this year, y'all need to put some respect on my name. Oh please. He <laughs> <laughs> oh, finished as the QB. I mean, he do. He was, you know, middle of the pack. He finished as a QB. Yeah, yeah, he was all right. 16 last year. He threw yeah. for just over 4,000 yards, 4,055. Um, he had 21 touchdowns. He's not – Derek Carr is not – he doesn't suck. He just doesn't do enough to be like, man, I have to have Derek Carr on my fantasy team. No. Nah. He, he just doesn't. I don't know what it is about his game that just – it doesn't produce – fantasy points he had he averaged 15.3 last year it's like mm-hmm. he he does good just not good enough to nah he's, he's like a guy you pull off of waivers you know for a bye week hope he gets right you about yeah 20, 22 points and then you throw him back when your guy comes back yeah that's true that's about <laughs> it. i mean yeah that's true he had a 70 percent completion rate last year and he threw yeah. almost eight yards of pass which is great. Now, if he can build on those kind of numbers for next for this year, you know, all the guys that I'm not going to jump ahead, but the guys that he has at wide receiver, then he'll start looking like maybe a top ten quarterback. But right. The only thing that concerns me is the fact that they signed Marcus Mariota. Uh, the deal, basically, what it says is the deal is a two year. $17.4 million deal with the max value being $37.5 million. What the crap? <laughs> Why would you sign it? I don't get that move because it's like you're basically oh. telling me if Derek Carr mess up, we're going to throw Marcus Mariota out there. Like he going to yep. do something. Like when have we ever seen Marcus Mariota take over? Come on, it, man. This, when, I don't when, get when, it. When have we ever When's the last time we said Super Mario, man? Oh, like, oh, this Super Mario coming back? Nah, cuz. Nah, we nah, were glad when Ryan Tannehill took over, but <laughs> they saved their season. Oh, facts. Facts, but man. Outside of Derek Carr, you got uh, Josh Jacobs, who's coming into his uh, what, sophomore year. Um, mm-hmm. He did pretty well last year. He finished the RB21. Um, he had uh, 1,150 yards. 1,150, yep. Seven mm-hmm. touchdowns. He was... He's a promising running back. The only thing that people want to see is to have him more involved in the passing game. Um, he only had 27 targets. He caught 20 balls, um, mm-hmm. 466 yards. He, all he needs is that little edge, a little more edge in um, the passing game, and he's automatically right. a top 10 running back. It's just he gets into the end zone. He had, you know, he had seven touchdowns last season. He's going to mm-hmm. get the work. There's not another running back behind him. Who's going to steal work from him? He's just that nah. good. You just need him to be a little bit more involved in the passing game, and it's a wrap. I think um, because he's going in the back of the first round, I would be cool with taking. It's there's a lot of guys that I like um, picking back there because most of my drafts that are coming up that I've already had my um, 
draft picks selected for me, like my mm-hmm. draft position, I'm picking back there. So you got guys like uh, Miles Sanders, King Drake, Nick Chubb. Um, all of those guys are around that area. So it's like I get to pick from the best in the back. And he's definitely one of them. If You can't oh, see yeah. on Jacobs this year. And he's tough. He was playing through a freaking shoulder injury last year. That's facts, still yeah. Balling. That's true. How you run over people and you got a busted up shoulder? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Mm. Now, good point. Um, Lynn Bowden Jr. is one of the rookies that got drafted um, in the draft this year. Mm-hmm. And he's going to be potentially the backup for uh, Josh Jacobs. So if you're looking to handcuff, any event that Josh Jacobs get hurt, uh, he's probably the guy you want to check out. Um, I looked on Ourlands, ourlands.com. They do a lot of the roster positions, and they updated a lot during the offseason. Um, right now, Bowden is at the number two spot behind Josh Jacobs. If it changes, okay. they'll probably update it. If there's any news, um, if you're in the handcuffs, you're probably looking at the right team. Now we head over to the wide receivers, and I think there's a lot of value here that a lot of people aren't talking about. Um, first, you know Henry Ruggs is a big name being drafted mm-hmm. out of the team draft they are going to slide him into the slot um which would so you want keep up- you want keep waller you want keep waller info uh or or tyrell no. i guess on the outside that's the thing when you slide henry ruggs into the slot that kills um hunter renfro's fancy value because if yeah, he's, gonna, true. he's gonna play the slot they're talking about uh ryan edwards being able to start week one he's gonna play the opposite outside um, position that leaves Terrell mm-hmm. Williams. If he keeps that that lock on the other spot, you got Terrell, you got uh, Edwards, and you got Rugs on the field at the same time. Now, okay. I, I like Terrell Williams as a late round uh, draft pick because he's not being targeted at all. He's he's a guy that you don't even have to worry about drafting until the very end of your fantasy draft. In facts. So I like um, he he came out. He was doing pretty well last year before he got that uh, foot injury. He, uh, I think he had about six, five or six touchdowns. He was scoring on a weekly basis. Um, so if they continue to do that when he comes back this year, mm-hmm. especially with the speed story that you got in Henry Ruggs now, which was, should open up the field for Derek Carter to throw the ball downfield more, um, Terrell Williams is still going to be that consistent um, red zone red zone threat. I went along with hopefully Waller, but I don't know what they were doing. We move on with the tight ends. Darren Waller's the guy, but why did they draft? Why did they pick up all these tight ends? I don't know. I, <laughs> dude, I don't know. I mean, you got, listen, Darren, I'm not, you got Darren Waller. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but you got Darren not Waller, you got Foster Monroe. I probably said his name wrong. Jason Witten, <laughs> Eric Carrier, and Nick Bowers. That's on the roster right now. You have five tight ends. I never heard that before, man. I, I never. Heard. I don't either. Which gives me pause about Darren Waller because you know the ball is good, but you got, you know, you don't know if Jason Witten is going to pull his, you know, I'm going to pull a rank on him because I'm an OG. You know, you got to play behind me now. Like, you, that kind of thing. You don't know what's going on with that. You don't know what his role right. is. And then you got all these other bodies that's behind him. I mean, it wouldn't make sense to go that route, but they kind of trailed off on Darren Waller in the second half of the season, mm-hmm. which um, it it forced me to – it didn't really force me, but I had um, Darren Waller and Mark Andrews in one fantasy league, and I had to pivot to Mark Andrews because, you know, they were almost neck and neck last year yeah. for the first half yeah. of the season. And then he was like, okay, well, we're not throwing the ball to Darren Waller in the red zone anymore. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to Mark Andrews. But <laughs> they kind of forgot about him, which is weird. So I don't want them to do that again this year. But it's just too risky for me to go with Darren Waller if they're gonna not if they're not gonna use him. You know, they got all these other yeah. pieces that they they kind of dangling out there. I I like Darren Waller, but he's not He's not a wide receiver. He's not a tight end, rather, that I'm looking to grab um, at all. Well, what about, like, let's say, uh, other tight ends that's, uh, you know, I guess, would you 
draft Waller over uh, Evan Ingram, you know? No, I wouldn't. I think wouldn't. Evan Ingram is going to be – he's going to have a better year. He just got to stay healthy. That's his problem. It's not a yeah. matter of talent with Evan Ingram. The boys, me, he, he's he's charming. He get hurt every year. <laughs> yeah, But facts. while he's out there, he going to ball. That's the only thing about him. He's got to stay healthy, especially with um, Jason Garrett there now. People are going to sleep on the Giants. I'm telling you now, if Garrett gets the team under control after the first four weeks of the season, they're going to be a problem. Yeah? Yeah, I peaked in today's. Mm. Now, they're the one team I didn't do. Uh, I didn't peek too much into the schedules for each team. But I did I did peek into the Giants when I was looking at my doing my sleepers. Right. The first four games for the Giants is going to be rough. I'm just going to say that. But after that, it kind of looks sweet. So <laughs> I, that's why I got Daniel Jones as one of my other sleepers. But I ain't going to talk about I'm not going to give too much away with my sleepers. Yeah, right? yeah, I feel you. So I feel you. We finished the Raiders. Let's knock out the – who we got left? The Chargers. Got them Chargers, got man. The Chargers left. Tyrod Taylor is taking over at QB. Mm-hmm. Um, they drafted Justin Herbert, who probably isn't going to start right away. They're probably going to keep him on ice. Not from injury, but he, they're just going to, you know, shorten season, no preseason games. Yeah. There's not a real need to rush him. Um, head coach Anthony Lynn has been talking up uh, Tyrod Taylor during most of the offseason. He's kind of moonwalking it a little bit. The last couple reports I heard, it was like uh, Tyrod Taylor is probably going to be the starter. Like mm-hmm. you said, he was going to be the starter, and then he's not going to be the starter. Or you they're gonna keep switching that up. They going yeah, they're gonna keep switching that up. Man. It doesn't it doesn't make sense. The same yeah. kind of thing I feel about Herbert is the same way I feel about Tua. There's no real right. reason to risk them right now because it's because of the lack of offseason at that position for those guys. Mm-hmm. There's no real reason to do that. You know, let Tyrod and um let Ryan Fitzpatrick run the season out. You know what you got in your future. You know, get his feet wet at the end of the season. It don't look like you're going to make the playoffs, which you know either team probably won't. But right. you throw them in the last two or three games and let them rock. But you, I wouldn't risk them now for a season with no real practice time for them. Yeah, I, that's just me. But you know, I don't get paid like they do, so they can make those decisions. But Tyrod Taylor, the concern for me uh, with having Tyrod Taylor there is not so much. The running backs because Austin Eckler is the guy there. Um, he just got a new deal. Melvin Gordon's in Denver now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a matter of can that production be repeated like he did with Phillip Rivers? And I think that it can. Um, I did a little peeking when Tyrod Taylor was in charge. Was he was when he was the starter um, for the Buffalo Bills? Right. And Shady was over there. Shady was catching passes out of the backfield. Um, he ended up, while Tyrod Taylor was the quarterback, uh, 2015, 16, and 17, Shady was the RB17, the RB4, and RB7 in PPR formats. So mm-hmm. that kind of bodes well for Austin Eckler. Um, you know, the, the pass catching is what you really want um, out of Austin Eckler because that's what makes him so dangerous. Um, you don't really know what he can do in terms of getting a full workload as a running back, you know, going through the middle and all that stuff. He's, he right. does seem like he's not afraid of it, which is a good part. He's kind of bulked up this off season. Um, if you look at his IG account, man, the boy is just like chiseled pause. So <laughs> yeah, right. You know what I mean, like he's, he's getting to work, like he's readying himself to take on that workload. So, I'm kind of more confident in Austin Eckler, even with Tyrod Taylor as the quarterback. Um, not really worried about that. Like, what do you think about Tyrod and uh, Austin Eckler? I know I'm not. I'm not purposely drafting Tyrod. Nah, not, not me neither, man. I mean, I, I mean, to me, it's uh, uh, it's a little shaky, man. You know, what I mean, I mean, definitely Austin is, is is what you need to target, man. Probably mid round, probably, man. Or, or actually, no, not really mid round, but um. I mean, I think I gave Austin probably. Uh, he's he's probably my top fifteen, like exactly at fifteen. Really? Know? 
Okay. Yeah. Hold that. Don't say no more about the ranking. Because we got okay. we got to do an episode on that too a little long. Oh, okay, I got it. Yeah, yeah, let's Don't do be giving that away the tapes, man. Don't be giving away the Yeah, tapes. I got you. I got you. <laughs> but that's interesting because a lot of fantasy analysts aren't going to put him that low. Um, I mean, I'm not saying you got to change it for that. Everybody's mm-hmm. going to have their own opinion. So just I want to hear that when we get to that episode for sure. Absolutely. Um. What do you think of Justin Jackson? Because Austin Eckler hasn't had a full workload before. So now we're getting to the point now where Justin Jackson is probably going to get some extra work because he was the he used to be the third running back, you know, in the group when Melvin was right. there. But now you got Austin Eckler and he's the backup, presumed. So do you think that Justin Jackson has any fantasy value? Um, behind Austin Eckler, whether it's, you know, being just a handcuff or being the RB2 in that offense? Ah, mm. uh, you probably want to do, you probably want to stay away from Justin Jackson. I mean, I, I mean, until, like I said, maybe later during the season, if you see how, you know, much proven that he is, I mean, what, what was his uh, stats? Well, 29 attempts with 200 rushing yards, you know? Uh, I I would rather stay away. Get him off of waivers, man. To be safe, get him off of waivers. Don't don't handcuff him. Don't waste your don't waste your pick with him. Get him off of waivers. If you see how he's doing, let's say you know week uh, five, six, whatever you know, and then if you dire need of of getting a a handcuff, if you have Austin Eckler, then then go and get Justin Jackson. But but definitely grab him off of waivers. Probably t- uh, beginning mid season. Okay. Now, here's the part of the team where I get concerned at with Tyrod at the helm. And it's at the wide receiver position. We know how good Keelan Allen is. Um, he was the mm-hmm. wide receiver six last year. But that was with yep. Phillip Rivers. Um, in the same span, we talked about um, how Tyrod Taylor was with the running backs, how shady looked, or how good he was. The wide receiver position wasn't that great. Um, Sammy Watkins right. was there. Um, in 2015, and he was the only wide receiver within a three-year span that had a thousand yards. I don't see that really worries me as far as Keenan Allen because he's a wide receiver that's going um, in the third round. I think no later yeah. than the third round. I can't. I'm not touching Keenan. I, I'm not going to touch Keenan this year. And it, what really hurts me is that Mike Williams is the wide receiver too for the Chargers. Mm-hmm. And his value, if I'm not touching Keenan, I can't touch. You can't, yeah, you can't do the same for Mike. Nah, I can't. I can't trust Tyrod to deliver the ball, you know, like Philip Rivers used to. Philip Rivers was just chucking it everywhere. Tyrod mm-hmm. has never been that kind of quarterback. He nah. hits his feet and he hits, you know, the short routes, the shorter routes, the intermediate stuff. He's not going to be a wide receiver. He's not going to be a quarterback that's going to be chucking it all over the field like Rivers used to. And because of that. You kind of dwarf the deep threats that you have in Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Um, yeah, you took you took the words right out of my mouth. I mean, it really, Philip Rivers was a gunslinger. You know what I mean? And 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 without that attitude and aspect that Tyrod Taylor doesn't even really have. You know, I mean, he doesn't have that gunslinger mentality, man. So you're definitely going to look at dropping value for Allen and Williams as well, too. You man. know, uh, even Hunter, uh, even Hunter Henry. You know, now, I will say and, this: I'm I'm a little on the fence with Henry, but Tyrod, for whatever reason, likes. Um, tight ends. You remember Charles mm-hmm. Clay? Yeah, that's right. Clay that's used right. to ball with Tyrod. Like, um, he was, he wasn't like a fantasy juggernaut, but he was a he was a tight end who was reliable and who walked, who caught a lot of dump balls from um, Tyrod Taylor when he was there. Um, right. So as far as Hunter Henry, especially since they had they made him sign, they didn't make him, but he signed a franchise tag. You're going to want to get um, Hunter Henry involved in the offense, and he's too big of a red mm-hmm. zone threat to not use him. It's just a Fast. question of how often are the Chargers going to get down there? Because you know they, <laughs> they were seven and nine with Rivers. What are they going to mm-hmm. be with Tyrod Taylor? You know that's going to be the the big question. Like um, I just got Charles Clay's numbers now. He had over 70 targets the three years that uh, Tyrod was in, was the starter. 
uh, right. 77, 87, and 74. So that's not bad. Um, Henry Henry can get around those numbers. Um, so I'm not really concerned about what uh, Hunter Henry could be. It's just a matter of is he going to be able to get into the red zone and be dominant in that kind of offense with Tyrod Taylor at the helm. Right. That's going to be the biggest concern. So if he slides, um, I can't say where Henry's probably the sixth tight end coming off the board, six or seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, if he's falling around there, he's probably going to be approaching the approaching the double digits. So I, I could sneak him there. Right. I don't think he's going to fall too far, though. So if he happens to land down there, I'll grab him. But he's likely going to be around the between the seventh and ninth round. So Right, okay. I'm not really worried about him, but Tyrod Taylor kind of knocks the <laughs> team down. Yeah, it's, it is what it is, man. Tyrod's going to – he's not a big play guy. And, you know, those those kind of big plays that he does pull off are sporadic. You need something a little more consistent from your quarterback, especially when you get trying to get to your pass catchers. You know, the proof is in the pudding when it comes to the running back. So Eckler is probably the safest guy. He's going to get the dump offs when they're trying to catch up. Right, right. Oh, they looking for you. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Let me lock my door real quick. <laughs> but that is it for our AFC West divisional breakdown. Um, it's a shame that Jalen couldn't be here. But we'll get I to know, harass man. him when he comes back in our next episode. Um, <laughs> you know, per usual, we got to mess with him since he, he didn't make the cut. So, um. Anything you want to say before we close out, man? Yeah, yeah, I, I do want. I do want to say something, man. And again, this is going back to uh, the boys at Across the Cowboys podcast, man. Yeah, Paul and Mike, man. Again, would y'all say yeah, that the Broncos going to end up three and thirteen? Three and thirteen? Three and thirteen? Cuz, are you serious? <laughs> Ooh, man, that's you, what you're probably three and thirteen, man. Come on, cuz. What? All right, all right. So wait, wait. You know what? This come I'm, on. I did forget one thing. They, they said three and thirteen. I love those guys, but three and thirteen, dog, man, yeah, man. These, these balls are three and thirteen, man. Get out of here with that, man. <laughs> All right, so Come then on. who do you got coming out of the out of the division? Let's just let's say we already know how good. The all right, all right, are. All right, no, no. Here's the thing, real, real quick, while we end before we end the show. So the Chiefs going to win it. I, I, I gave it to I gave it to Mike. We, we talked on Twitter. I gave it to Mike. The Chiefs going to come out this. The, the, the Broncos are not. They're still trying to mend. They're still trying to mend. But what they said, what Paul and Mike said, was that. Uh, the Broncos are not going to be a, a 500 team. Now, they're going to be above 500 okay. for sure. They're going to be above 500. Oh my god, we could we could break down the schedule, but that's going to be taking another episode. You know what I mean? So they're going to do that. It's going to be the same thing. It's going to be the Chiefs coming out of division. It's going to be the Broncos being the second above 500 across the Cowboys podcast. I'm looking at y'all real quick, man. It's <laughs> got the Raiders and the Chargers, man. You know what I mean? But three and thirteen? Come on, man. Come I say y'all are at least better than the uh, the Chargers and. Uh... The Raiders at this point. Yeah, man, stop. Man, get up, man, listen. They're going to get at me, but I love those guys. That's cool. <laughs> All right. Well, that'll do it for this episode. Make sure you check us out on Twitter at the Fantasy, at Fantasy's Finest. Follow us on your social media. Be sure to check out our website, fantasysfinest.com. Thanks for listening. We'll check you guys next episode. Peace. For listening to the Fantasy's Finest Podcast. Be sure to join the community on Facebook and follow us on Twitter too at the Fantasy's Finest. See you next episode.